Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome to the Nine Points Podcast. I'm your host, BH. Whomever and wherever you happen to be, we want to thank you for tuning in. It is our belief here at the Nine Points Podcast that humble and courageous individuals make up healthy families, which make up healthy communities, which finally gives us a healthier world to live in. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God, and it reads as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles by encouraging one another to apply the fruit of the Spirit within the closest relationships that make up our inner circles. In time, when these principles mature, the culture within our inner circles will promote the kind of compassionate leadership that we will need for the challenges that we will undoubtedly face in the future. Today's show will have three segments. Each of those segments, uh, each of those segments is going to involve basically having some sense. What does it mean to act like we have some sense? Uh, I'm going to start the First part off, talking about what it looks like to have some sense. Then I'm going to add Z time, something related to that question. I've got some points. I've got some bullet points that I wrote down that I'm going to be reading from. Then I'm going to add Z time to kind of give their perspective. And then I'm going to close with some more notes that I took. But this whole podcast is about the effort it takes to act like we have some sense. And that basically being what the fruit of the spirit is all about. So as I begin, I want to challenge my brothers and sisters who believe that humans are inherently good and unconditionally predisposed towards goodness and functional behaviors. Let me repeat what I just said to make sure that I have everybody's attention. I want to begin this conversation talking about having some sense. By challenging my brothers and sisters who believe that humans are inherently good and unconditionally predisposed towards goodness and functional behaviors. Before I go too far, let me say that I'm not getting ready to go into a rant about how mankind is inherently evil and only capable of good things because of Jesus. That kind of conversation or debate, in my opinion, should only be had between people who are seasoned and comfortable in their comprehension and daily approach to Jesus. I hope that this podcast includes those of us that this daily belief applies to, but also welcomes and appeals to people who do not believe or accept Jesus as their savior. People who believe that there is a God out there but not convinced that he has much to do with their day-to-day choices that we make. I want them to be able to appreciate this podcast. As a matter of fact, since I have not done so yet, let me make a special appeal to those of you out there who don't really see God 
in your day-to-day life. I want to make a special appeal to those of you who do not accept Jesus as your personal savior. I do. Everybody in my family does. But I want to make this appeal to those of you who don't. Please continue to tune into this podcast because you have families too. Anything that I try to offer is for healthy families. So if you want that, then this podcast is for you. So now moving forward, I want to get back to the original point that I was trying to make, which is that I do not believe that human beings are inherently good and unconditionally predisposed towards functional behaviors. I say that because we have a hard time with the concept of respect from the time we're born and sometimes all the way throughout our lives. Let me me tell you what I'm talking about. Babies. Babies come into this world aware of one perspective, their own. Babies come into this world with the preoccupation with one set of needs, their own. When a teacher wants to teach, and I want to finish my conversation with my peer, and the teacher gets after me, who do I insist was the victim of disrespect and unrealistic demands? I did, just like my kids and some of your kids do today. Then, contrary to popular belief, we might not necessarily become more selfless without a fight. So what is respect for others? When it comes to what you and I call respect, doesn't it really just boil down to act like I've got some sense? Think about it. Now be honest with yourself when I ask this question. Would you agree or disagree that it takes effort to act like you have got some sense for an extended period of time? You go to work and school all day acting like you got some sense. At least part of the time you either brood or vent about how hard it is to someone that you really trust, like maybe somebody in your inner circle. Then as soon as you get off work, and sit in your car, you take a big exhale and say to yourself, I made it another day. Time to unwind and relax. If you have a Monday through Friday work week where you seem to always be working for your money instead of having your money work for you, don't you look forward to the weekend? Well, people, to me, that seems a lot like saying, I don't feel like being bothered with all the pressure to be flexible out there. So now I need to go somewhere and do some things that help me to relieve all that bent up pressure that I felt by controlling my real self so that I could act like I've got some sense so that I don't lose something that I know that I need. If it just came naturally, it wouldn't be pressure. And that is why the fruit of the spirit is a process. It isn't something that you just think about and you sleep about and you talk about for a little while. It takes actual work, consistent sacrifice and changing old ways until you're not even thinking about change anymore. It just becomes who you are. That is not the way we come into this world. Okay. so what is acting like I have some sense look like? Well, sometimes it looks like. I'm able to demonstrate patience. Sometimes, as I get my place back, sometimes it looks like I'm able to accept somebody's apology with gentleness. Sometimes, when I need to collaborate with someone else to get something accomplished, I act in good faith and don't hold back. So you could say that respect involves goodness and faithfulness. Finally, is there anyone that would say with a straight face that they don't see that respect also comes with an innate desire to acquire or maintain peace and control? Hello. That is six out of nine of the fruits of the spirit right there. Okay. That's what I was talking about. Patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, patience, 
self-control. And that's what it's about. That's what we're trying to do. Walking with the fruit of the spirit in our hearts and our attitudes and displaying it in our behaviors. That is the epitome of showing self-respect, showing respect and commitment for the spirit that God has blessed you with, has put in your life and recognizing and embracing the path that he puts in front of us. If I started off good and was unconditionally predisposed towards goodness and functional behaviors, then why is it still so hard to model respect and courage for my spouse, my children and my siblings if they talk crazy to me? I'm just talking about simple things like if they say, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And if you try to make me, I'll fight you. This is your flesh and blood. Or if you're married, spiritually speaking, this is your missing rib that we're talking about. If we were little gods, like some people like to loosely believe, then why can't we handle people seeing to our face the same things that we used to mumble under our breath when mom and daddy punished us or told us that we couldn't have something that we really wanted or felt like we needed? You and I need enough self-respect for us and the person who is slipping. Without self-respect, we take the bait and increase the risk of getting reeled into desperation. So to review, number one, respect is essentially acting like you have some sense. Number two, acting like you have some sense is a choice. It's a willful choice, and we all have to make that choice in whatever situation we may find ourselves in. And three, manifesting the fruit of the Spirit looks a whole lot like what we call being respectful. Let me go back and read that, that part where the, where the fruit of the Spirit was all laid out. What does acting like I have some sense look like? Well, sometimes it looks like I'm able to demonstrate patience. Bing, there's one fruit. Sometimes it looks like I'm able to accept someone's apology with gentleness. Boom, there's another one. Sometimes when I need to collaborate with someone else to get something accomplished, I act in goodness, in good faith, and don't hold back. So you could say that respect involves goodness, bing, and faithfulness. Boom, there's four of them. Finally, is there anyone in that in their right mind that with the, that could say with a straight face that they don't see that respect also comes with an innate desire to acquire or maintain peace. Hello, that's five and self-control six. That's six out of the nine points from the fruit of the spirit and from the nine points of the nine point podcast. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's consider a loose operational definition for the concept of righteousness. Righteousness for some may mean something as general as being Christ-like. For a non-Christian, righteousness could be something more specific like treating others the way that we want to be treated ourselves. Treating someone the way that I want to be treated sounds like love thy neighbor as thyself. I want to read something um, that C.S. Lewis once wrote Excuse me, about loving your neighbor as yourself. You are told to love your neighbor as yourself. How do you love yourself? When I look into my own mind, I find that I do not love myself by thinking myself a dear old chap or having affectionate feelings. I do not think that I love myself because I am perfectly good, but just because I am myself and quite apart from my character. I might detest something which I've done. Nevertheless, I do not cease to love myself. In other words, that the, the definite, that definite distinction that Christians make between hating sin and loving the sinner is one that you have been making in your own case since you were born. You dislike what you have done, but you don't cease to love yourself. You may even think that you ought to be hanged. You may even think that you ought to go to the police and own up and be hanged. Love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish 
for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. After reading that quote from C.S. Lewis, it begs the question, can you really love a member of your family or inner circle of friends if you do not respect them? Respect seems like a cornerstone for confidence and wellness. So what happens when I have dueling aspects of respect, such as if I respect the need to do the job that I have been trained to do, but my training or life experiences are demanding me to contradict my respect for this other person as a human being, a human being that someone else loves dearly, a human being that, if I'm honest with myself, is capable of having as many imperfections as I do. What does it take to reach me when I don't feel like treating someone else like I have any sense? Have you ever thought about that? Whether you're a dishwasher, a panhandler, a manager, a police officer, a paperboy, an editor, an independent contractor, an employer, a parent, or an appointed leader, have you ever asked yourself that question? I'll ask you again. What does it take to reach me when I don't feel like treating the next person like I have any sense? I'm not talking about the other person not having any sense. That's a given. If I'm at odds with somebody, then in the heat of the moment, I might automatically assume that I'm a lot closer to being right than they are. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you asking yourself that question. Back in the day, a local DJ used to say, remember, to the other person, you are the other person. So I'm asking you this. But trust me, I ask myself this a lot, especially after I have some heated exchanges with people. I go back and I ask, is that what would work for me? But regardless of whatever my spouse may be going through at the time, no matter what my daughter or son might be going through in their life at the time, no matter what my cousin, niece, nephew, or best friend might be dealing with in between their ears while they're talking to me. The question I'm posing to you, the listener right now is this. What does it take to reach me when I don't feel like treating the next person like I've got any sense? After you've thought seriously and honestly about that question, let me propose that whatever answer that you settle upon probably leans to the left or the right or the center. The center is righteousness. Then on the far end of one side of the continuum, you have respect. On the far opposite end of the continuum of righteousness, you have brutality. I don't care what religion you choose to claim. I don't care what civilization you trace your ancestry to. I don't care what type of government or political ideology suits your fancy. The truth of the matter is that if men and women are the ones writing and enforcing the moral laws of culture, then they're always going to rise and fall by not having enough respect and having too much brutality. Now, at this point, I'm going to end part one of this presentation of acting like we've got some sense. Or maybe we'll, let's call this left, right and center, left, right and center. I think that's what I'm going to call the name of this podcast left right and center i'm about to end the first segment of left right and center we will finish with part two after z time z time is going to explore the same question the question that i posed to you guys over the last five minutes so in a way i'm going to give you parents a little cheat code inside the mind of teenagers who grapple on the other side of this question i'm going to ask my kids what advice they have for me and their mama when they don't want to listen to us. Once again, this segment is going to be 100% spontaneous. You're going to hear the raw truth from my kids. I hope that it can be both educational and entertaining for you. At this moment, I can tell you my oldest son is sitting in his room, either on his computer or reading a book. My daughter is in her room, either drawing or watching something on YouTube. I can promise you that's happening because they're pretty sure they're not going to have school tomorrow. So 
I'm going to pause now. I'm going to go back in there, get Nubian King, and then we're going to have Z time. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chasing rod, felt in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers died. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Outweighed our gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. And we are back. We are now here doing Z time with my man to my left. King. And then that girl to the right. Newbie. All right. Now. I want to bring you guys in on this conversation. The first part of this podcast is talking about respect and having acting like we got some sense. So I want to ask you guys, newbie, I'm going to start with you. If you really, really, really don't want to do something that a grown up tells you you need to do. What advice would you give me, your mom, your teacher, um, your boss? whoever might be there trying to get through to you. If you really, really don't want to do it, what could we say? And how could we say it to get through? Uh, maybe telling me that like, if I don't do it, some consequences will happen. But even then, depending on the severity of the consequence, I still probably wouldn't do it. But that's really the only way to get through to me if I don't want to do something because I'm really stubborn. So you're saying that... If if you don't want to do something, it doesn't matter who it's coming from. If you don't want to do something, you that person could talk until they're blue in the face, but you're not going to pay attention or you're not going to comply unless you're concerned about some consequence. Or if I have a good reason why I should do it, then yes. All right, newbie. Thank you. So now, King. Let me move on to you. Let me ask you the same question. A grown-up asks you to do something. Your teacher asks you to do something. Your boss asks you to do something. Somebody that knows something that you don't. And they're trying to get through to you. And they're trying to encourage you to do it. And you just flat out don't want to. What advice would you give that adult that would help to get through so that you would feel like you wouldn't feel like you need to uh, fight against us that you could actually listen to us well older me now i would push the feeling i would push away the feeling of not wanting to do anything productive and and choose the work as eventually i am going to start working doing things that i don't want to do but if it was but if it was my younger self then i would probably question as to why and complain a little bit but otherwise still do still do as i'm told so are let me let me ask you both are you both saying that when you really don't want to do something asking questions is just one way to kind of postpone it and try to get out of it well actually yes it is. For me, no. I just keep saying, no, I'm not going to do it or just ignore it. So I'm thinking specifically. Newbie, I need for you to do your do this chore and I need you to do it right now. And you, but dad, I was doing this. Can I do this first? But it's not even my week. Well, I did it before. That shouldn't be there because I are you all of that is all of that basically just stalling and trying to hope 
that you can wear one of us down and and we'll forget about what we're asking you to do? Or does it all of that mean something else? Half on half. Speak. <laughs> because you you got I mean, because I hear that from people that I'm trying to teach a lot. When it's time to actually do some work, I get words. I get words. I get words. I get promises of what I'm going to do. But if I see you doing it, you won't hear the words coming out of me no more. So why do you, instead of doing the work, why do you respond to these uh, hints and these um, demands with words? Well, I mainly like use those um, words because. You want to give it to King first? I guess. I remember a certain smart young man sitting here in front of me was really upset with us when we decided to change his um, to change his work schedule, his school schedule, his class schedule. He was really upset with us for a very long time. He went to school. He did his work. He put forth effort, but he had a he had steam in between his ears when he came home. During school week, on the weekends, during breaks and holidays, he still complained to us because we were ruining his life. And now looking back at that, I, I wanted to put some context to when you were saying new you compared to how you used to be. That old you, King, when you felt as strongly as you did that we didn't know what we were doing or we were just doing it because we were trying to bully you what how could we have said what could we have said to help you to understand that that wasn't it or was there anything we could say well at that at that point you guys have already said the truth but but i was but i was too angry or too ignorant to to believe that it really did change me. So you, it was easier for you to be mad at us and working against yourself than to put your best foot forward and try to have a good attitude. It was like that for, it was like that for nearly two grades, but, but things have been, but things have changed throughout the summer and then and then once I get back to the 11th grade that's when that's when I began to improve began to improve in a major way a major way so newbie um same question to you if you if somebody asks you to do something that's that you're capable of doing it seems to me that since you're capable of doing it, the sooner you make your mind up to do it and do it well, the quicker it can be behind you. Why is it that, well, maybe I'm asking two different questions. It would seem to me like the sooner you make up your mind to do it and do it well, the happier you are and the happier I am. What can what can a person do? What can a grown up do? What can somebody that loves you do to help you to see something beyond what you want to see, to help you to see the truth beyond what you beyond just what you want to hear? Um, to maybe understand the situation a bit more. What I mean, how can I help you? How can I help you to understand? If I'm telling you the if I'm telling you the truth and I know I'm telling you the truth and the only disagreement is you not wanting to listen to and respond to the truth at that moment what can I do if I'm giving you the truth what else can I do or what's what how's the best way to give you the truth to help you to have to embrace it with a good attitude well, to probably want, firstly explain it in a simplified way, 
because I'm pretty bad at understanding things. And for a second way, to understand why it's so important that I complete that task and like the after effects of it if I don't do it. Okay. Well, guys, this right now, we're coming up on nine minutes. I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot more time for Z time this time. Um, but I wanted to share this because these are not people that have kids that they're trying to take care of and other responsibilities. These are teenagers. They don't have the responsibilities of parents. They don't have the responsibilities as employers. They don't have the responsibilities of law enforcement officials. They don't have the responsibilities of community leaders. These are just kids that are honest and sharing what is going on in their minds and in their hearts. And if it's hard for them to accept the truth when their mind is made up, think about how much harder it is when you get older and crusty and actually stick to your guns a few times and you actually end up uh, proving yourself right. The worst thing is some of the worst things that happen in life is somebody to get a little success doing it the wrong way. And the next thing you know, they they build upon a bad habit for the rest of their life. And then when they need the authentic, the real extra step that they didn't learn because they took the shortcut, then all of those those um, victories that they had along the way don't prepare them for that next level of challenge. Because they didn't build it up. They didn't build it from the foundation of truth. But I'm saying it's not easy to act like you got some sense, especially when your heart is on something else. If you want to do something selfish or if you just want it, want something to go away. I know I'm supposed to, but I just don't want to let it go away this time. Or just fail me. Or just give me the whooping. I just don't want to be bothered with it. It starts when you're younger. And when you get older, it doesn't necessarily go away. Not without not without being intentional about it. You have to be intentional about changing the tone of how you talk to people that you love. About changing some of the words that you use that you throw around when you're playing and when you're frustrated, you have to want to be dedicated to the fruit of the spirit in order to replace those selfish things that we are all born with. And we can all mask or camouflage from time to time until God actually starts to work on our hearts and build us up from the inside out. Newbie King, do you guys have a question or comment for me? based on this particular segment about having some sense and respect? I honestly have no comment. King? It makes me wonder how I'm, how respectful I'm going to be in the future, even though I already feel myself much more respectable. Respect. Uh, respectful. Respectful. Than how I was when I was 14 or 15 or so. King, you you and the twins, y'all make us happy. <laughs> y'all make us happy because y'all surprise us in positive ways. Um, it sometimes the sometimes when y'all teach us stuff is funny. Sometimes when y'all teach us stuff. It makes us feel so good. I feel like crying. And that's something I didn't, you know, I didn't cry when I was happy until I had kids. That was something I'd see on TV and it just didn't make sense. Kind of like when people be in movies and they start acting like they about to cry and then they start making out. I'm like, that's like two different trains, man. If I'm snotting and sniffing and <laughs> the last thing I'm thinking about is making out with somebody. And, you know, the same thing with crying because you're happy. That just didn't that didn't make sense until you guys came. You guys 
seeing you guys do certain things with the look that innocent, uh, relieved, uh, satisfied look that you have on your faces when you do stuff that would bring tears to my eyes. And, and King, you're saying, I'm just thinking about what my life is going to be like down the road, what respect is going to look like coming from me. Um, I'm sure as long as God allows us to be together and witness each other, you're going to keep on, you're going to keep on learning. You're going to keep on seeing who God wants you to be. And I'm glad to be a part of it. But guys, thank you very much. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Um, Thank you for sharing. And I will be getting to you again in a minute. All right. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has by Thy might led us into the light, Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places our God where we met thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. Welcome back to the third and final segment of this podcast. So, I, I, all I can say is, um, I was really, I was really impressed with with those kids coming from the heart. Um, just kind of like, and, and I don't think, I don't think our kids are. I, I, for, I don't believe that all kids are just alike, but I think that the honesty that they were talking with are, is the kind of honesty that you see and hear in your own kids. So I was so glad that they shared that perspective from a teenage point of view. So now that you've heard what, what kids think, let's get back to us, the, the adults in the room. What gets through to you when you do not want to be respectful? If you're willing to go to your grave, seeing the tough love and hitting rock bottom is the only thing that worked for you, then you probably don't have much respect for communication and promises. Y'all remember? That's part of what Newbie was saying at the beginning. You know, um, um, you probably think that consequences are the building blocks of discipline and order. Then some folks feel like they should be left alone to do whatever they want to do as long as they're not hurting anybody else. But too much of anything can disrupt everything. Anything goes is great during times of prosperity, but life brings storms, both literally and figuratively. When life's storms rise up, kind of like this coronavirus, this coronavirus that everybody's dealing with these days, then everybody starts clamoring for relief and accountability. You can't demand accountability from everybody else if you don't want to commit to a sense of community yourself. That's just being disingenuous. People in our inner circle challenge us when they feel like they have a grievance against us or after we experience a grievance against them because of something that they've done. It's a lot easier to provoke someone that cares about you than it is to admit that you've let them down. That is why when people are wrong and know that they're wrong, we want them to own it. One of the deadliest traps that we fall into happens when that other person shows no contrition and then tries to pretend like you are the one that owes them something. When that happens, we need to remember at least three things. First, my first priority needs to be making up my mind very quickly on what my primary goal needs to be and to compartmentalize all the other distractions 
so that I don't take the bait and get distracted. I'll say that again. My first priority needs to be making up my mind very quickly on what my primary goal needs to be and compartmentalize all other distractions. Don't take the bait. Second, I need to figure out what would be the best way to get through to me when I'm acting like they are. That's the question that we've been talking about this whole podcast. Think a moment when I have that mentality, what gets through to me? What, if anything, gets through to me that helps me change my mind or at least helps me to feel like I can let my guard down and I don't have to put on, I don't have to get or stay very defensive. And then finally, I need to ask myself, am I able to give them what I want them to have? If you don't think that you can have a positive influence, settle yourself on not making the situation worse. If my spouse throws a drink in my face and curses me out, what is my first goal? If my daughter comes in 45 minutes late and tells me to shut up, go to bed, what is my first goal? If my spouse comes home at 2.30 in the morning smelling like cologne talking about, I ain't got time for your mess tonight. Think about what you want. What is your first goal? What is the first goal when you come home and find out that your son got mad at his mom and punched a hole in the wall? To the first point, if you think that the most important thing is to put the person in their place, then accept the fact that trying to help them is not as important as putting them in their place. To the second point, if you get the vibe that the person just wants to fight, fight them with the fruit and then give them space. For the third and final point, the third point about um, ask myself, am I able to give them what I want them to have? For the third point, let's use a basketball analogy. All we can use is analogies right now because the NBA suspended the season and March Madness is gone. So let's use a basketball analogy. Let's pretend that you were a 14-year-old, about five foot nine, and on the court with the most powerful basketball player that you have ever seen. Imagine that this person turns the corner and is barreling down the lane coming straight towards you. Assuming that this NBA legend is not going to take it easy on you because you're a kid, you'll basically have three options. One option would be to set your feet in front of the restricted area and get ready to take a charge. One option would be to get out of the way as soon as you can. The third option will be to try to give that NBA superstar a hard foul. Remember, you're 14 years old, 5'9", and going against the biggest and most powerful basketball player that you've ever seen. Let's pretend that you take the option of getting out of the way. If you do that, that's safe for you short term, but you would also gain nothing. In addition to not gaining anything personally, think of your teammates that you let down. They believed in you enough to let you be on the court and compete against the best in the world. If you try to get out of the way as if this man of flesh and blood is an 18-wheel truck, then you would transform in that moment from being a real teammate to just being a poser. Just giddy that you get the chance to run around with the big boys. In short, running away says to your team that they're not worth it. And you have no shame admitting that you don't have what it takes to be counted on. You've just stated emphatically that you're not a team player. Now go take your seat on the bench and let other people step in and try to win for you.
Next, let's try to pretend that you take the option of trying to give an NBA superstar a hard foul. Basically, this would be the equivalent of you saying, even though I know I can't physically stop you within the rules, I'm willing to hurt you right now for my pride. Imagine if you, a 14-year-old pipsqueak, reach back and try to deliver a clothesline on an NBA power forward or center. You do that and your game is over. This former hero now wants to hurt you. All of his teammates and the people in the stands are mad at you. On top of that, now you throw your teammates under the bus because now they have to try to protect you from the beatdown that you caused by being selfish for your pride. But at least you win though, right? You stood up for yourself and you proved that you will not bow down to anybody except for your pride. In short, you decided that this personal battle between someone infinitely more powerful than you and playing within the rules of the game, I might add, is about to get a cheap shot from you. You've once again revealed that you are not a team player. And what's more, you can't be trusted to play by the rules when times get tough. Good luck getting back into the game and good luck trying to live that down in your community. Finally, let's look at the final option, taking a charge. If you make up in your mind to take the charge, it is going to hurt. You could also go a step beyond just getting hurt and end up actually injured. I'm talking about a busted rib, a broken tooth, or maybe even a concussion if your head hit the court. But that's what could happen if you decide to step in and take a charge. That is what it is like using the fruit of the spirit when the devil gets inside of your loved one and comes at you full bore. Will you stand your ground and earn your respect the hard way? Is your team worth it? Is your reputation more important to you than your bruises? Is the NBA star that ran over you like a bump in the road? more likely to gloat about what they did to a five foot nine puberty riddled uh, pip squeak? Or do you think that he'll remember you for the heart that you displayed? Now to reveal the symbolism of these analogies. In all three of these analogies, your teammates are your family and your inner circle. If you cut and run or lash out in desperation, then you're making it more likely that someone else is going to get hurt because of you. If you take the charge, you earn their respect. You lay, on, you lay an important base for the eventual home. Then finally, the huge star with the world of experience and muscles on top of muscles running straight at you. That's the devil. The devil is trying to use your love in the form of your loved one to ram fear down your throat. Like an old school back your uh, like an old school backboard breaking dunk. But imagine if you stand in the lane and take five charges. When the NBA superstar gets their fifth foul with a lot of time left, then the pressure falls on their shoulders to make adjustments or else get tossed out of the game. If you stand up to the devil with patience, kindness, self-control, love and joy then you just hung five fouls on them. Now you will be getting into his head. Now the devil knows who the boss really is. He knows that he's on borrowed time and pretty soon he's going to have to come off of your court. Then one of the hidden treasures of your victory will come from the fact that your example will galvanize the rest of your team. Mark my words. After you've shown the devil who the big dog on the court is, he'll try to intimidate somebody else. Can I tell you how the game will eventually end? You want to know how your family will end up hanging the L on top of the devil's head? The action will take place away from you because the game has never really been about you anyway. The game is about your family accepting their identity as more than conquerors. 
So the action will take place away from you. The ball is going to be in the hands of your beloved, your beloved daughter, your beloved spouse, your beloved son, your best friend. She's going to get the angle on the devil. She's going to go up strong, draw contact, play through the contact and sink a game winning and one with no time on the clock. You will witness the fruits of your labor standing there at the free throw line, feeling so impressed with herself. Then this big, angry, conniving, pride possessed devil will have to stomp off the court mad, spouting insults while the whole arena filled with saints and our ancestors are chanting. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, goodbye. Oh, what a great day that will be. I know what you basketball junkies and smart Alex are saying. What's wrong with going up to contest a shot? Haven't you ever heard of just blocking the shot? Yeah, I know what a block shot is. But you don't learn how to block the devil's shot unless you do what the coach has been teaching you. Who's the only coach that you would want on your side if you had to beat the devil? As a Christian, I say my coach is Jesus. Because he's already overcome the world, death, and the devil. Or did you forget that's what Easter's all about? If you don't learn how to go where you're supposed to go and communicate with the fruit of the Spirit of God, then you and your family will keep on getting picked off, faked out, and let your enemy dominate and dictate to you in every way imaginable. However, when you learn how to put in the hard work to get better, communicate the strategy, and do your job every trip down the floor, then your gameplay will be described by the angels, saints, and the Heavenly Father as righteousness. Folks, that's the end of today's podcast, Left, Right, and Center. I'm your host, BH. Remember, wealth is to be spent, but treasures to be shared. God bless.